Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, and I hope you have by now, please subscribe to the Lockdown Bears podcast over at iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating, some comments, likes, shares. All of those forms of interaction help this podcast gain traction. So too do our wonderful partners, including FanRag Sports, today's Fast Break, and today's Pigskin.com, and our newest partner, DraftBreakdown.com. After you have checked out all my work at PFW and in USA Today Sports Weekly, and once again, once you've been to both iTunes and Audio Boom to make sure you are downloaded and subscribing to this show, check out the partner sites. I think you'll be pleased with what is over there. And again, welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast, the Wednesday, November 16th edition. I hope you are doing well. Just a quick update from Hallis Hall. I want to get you the injury news, and then we're going to welcome in Corey Wooten for what was an excellent segment, I thought, on the podcast. Um, some good injury news, uh, the biggest of which was Jordan Howard not appearing on the injury report after dealing uh, with an ankle injury or an Achilles injury, depending on uh, which you want to believe from what John Fox said in the Sunday post game. Uh, interestingly, he did tell the New York media that Howard was limited, but I'm looking at the practice report right now and his name is not on it. The ones that are, um, there are five guys that didn't practice. Mike Adams dealing with an illness. Bobby Massey dealing with a concussion, though John Fox was optimistic about Bobby Massey. Uh, Mitch Unrein with a back. DeAndre Hall with an ankle. And Eddie Goldman missed practice with an ankle. Uh, likely whatever setback he had um, in his return last week, which Vic Fangio said actually exceeded his expectations prior to uh, getting nicked up again. So uh, just quickly, the limited guys here, Bryce Callahan, hamstring, Pernell McPhee, knee, Tracy Porter, knee, Eddie Royal, toe, Josh Sitton, ankle, Marquise Wilson, foot, and Willie Young, ankle. So I don't think there's anything new on there. From New York, Justin Pugh, their really good guard, sat out with a knee injury. And Victor Cruz was uh, limited, so he returned to practice. Orleans Darqua, the running back, also limited with a lower leg injury. So those are the injury updates for Bears-Giants on Sunday. And uh, without further ado, I want to bring in Corey Wooten for what I thought, again, was a really good interview. He hits on, well, I'll just let him tell you uh, what's on his mind relative to the Chicago Bears and uh, a few other topics as well. I hope you enjoy. What's going on, Arthur? 
There's our guy, Corey Wooten. What's happening, my man? Nothing much, man. Just kicking back and enjoying uh, Wednesday, you know, taking it all in. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, it's hump day. Uh, we've made it this far. I, I had my doubts uh, <laughs> given the way the week started for the Bears. What a what a mess they've got on their hands, huh? Oh, man. It's tough. Tough watching that game. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to unpack from uh, what's went on the past 48 hours, but uh, I have to let the listeners know about our silly little timing uh, snafu. You're back on Eastern Time now in New Jersey. You're not you're not headed to the game Sunday. You're just back back home kicking it. Yeah, just visiting the family for Thanksgiving. So I go back either for Thanksgiving or Christmas. So it's good good to get back to you know my hometown and and see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, no doubt. All right, cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah, we had a little bit of a timing mishap, but we are coming to you a little bit earlier on the Wednesday Locked On Bears podcast. I'll wait to publish until later in the day so I can get you guys an injury update. Uh, my head has been kind of all over the place, Corey. My dog got skunked last night. <laughs> First time uh, that has ever happened to me. Are you? A, I never really had a chance to ask. Are you a, a pet owner? Are you a dog or a cat person? Neither? I have two dogs. Two uh, rescues, so they're, they're bigger dogs. They're both about seventy pounds. So, yeah, I used to I used to hate dogs. I used to be afraid of them. Had a bad experience as a kid, and then my wife is a dog lover. She converted me over, and now I love dogs. Oh, very cool. And uh, we have a rescue as well. My my lab. Uh, she's a she's a pound pup actually, but she's got some black lab in her. her name's Trudy. And uh, she lost a battle with a skunk last night, so we are dealing with the aftermath of that. My house, and it is not a big house, uh, I, I have a, a, a skunk high. I don't know if that's a thing. Well, I do know that's a thing, but it's another kind of thing. Uh, that's not the one I'm referring to, though, today. It's been tough. Have you been, have you been able to keep your rescues away from uh, the skunks, or is that an issue you've dealt with before, too? Luckily, I never have dealt with that. I've had some friends that do it. It's not fun, and you know firsthand right now. <laughs> tomato tomato juice is it that's what it yeah of? i've got uh you know fortunately my wife is a veterinarian so she brought home some what's called skunk shampoo but uh my other close friend also a veterinarian recommended tomato juice so you're right on that they said really anything citrus and uh my dad seemingly his goldens get skunked like once every couple weeks so he told me a, a mixture of oh, hydrogen para <laughs> i know it uh it's it's unbelievable really uh that's what makes it so amazing in my opinion that we haven't had any issues sooner but uh look we could uh, probably talk about dogs and skunks and all that fun stuff for a whole podcast but uh, uh i think the listeners might be a little happier although the the content that we're going to discuss may not make them happy i know they're anxious to get your opinion on on just what has happened I don't even think we're going to spend too much time, Corey, on, on that disaster in Tampa. We can if you want to, but uh, obviously the bigger news over the past 48 hours, the suspension of Alshon Jeffrey, that's the biggest news. Let's start right there. Um, just your initial reaction to, to hearing Alshon getting suspended four games for PEDs, and um, and we'll go from there. You just think, what could, got, what could get worse this season for them? Everything mm-hmm. hasn't gone their way. They're losing their best receiver in Alshon Jeffrey in a contract year for him, yep. getting this four-game suspension. You know, Jay Cutler, who's going to be his number one now? They were struggling to find the number two and number three. And it's just it's, – it's been an unfortunate situation for the Bears. You know, Kevin White was coming on. He gets injured. And then now this is Alshon. So hopefully they can just rely on the running game and hopefully the defense can keep him in it. I, I really don't know. 
What do you think, Corey? Uh, did you read Alshon's statement? He kind of took accountability and at the same time didn't, said he uh, had taken uh, something that was recommended and there happened to be something else in it. It was for inflammation. Um, did you read the statement and what was your reaction to that? And what, if any, experiences did you have during your playing career? Uh, maybe, I mean, I know obviously you were fortunately never suspended, but just your your kind of experiences in dealing with the NFLPA and how they help or don't help enough with regard to players steering clear, having the information they need to steer clear of banned substances. The NFLPA has a hotline that you can call in and tell them which supplement you're taking. Mm-hmm. And they say it's, it's usually probably good, probably not, it's questionable. But at the end of the day, they say the only products that they know there's nothing in are the NSF certified products. Mm-hmm. And they know that's in a special factory that's manufactured there. So the whole supplement industry is not regulated at all. So nobody really knows what they put into it. But I know from experience, I've taken supplements before. I've never had any issue with any positive drug tests or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just depends. If, if something's going to guarantee you this or guarantee you that, most likely it probably has something in it. So I think you can try to stay clear of that and, and do more vitamins, do more fish oil supplements like that that I always did. But when you start getting into stuff for, for inflammation and all this stuff, you really never know what's truly in it. You know, Alshon is a great guy. I really don't think he purposely took anything, but at the same time, you really never know because somebody's body, somebody somebody may be going through something that, you know, maybe they need a quick fix and maybe they need to get this back. Who knows? I really don't know. You don't know. But, you know, there's options. He could have very well took it by accident or, you know, we, we really don't know. So I know he was a great guy and I really wouldn't think he'd take it, but you never really know with anybody. Right. And Elshon obviously dealing with a lot of, um, you know, frankly, there's a ton of pressure hanging over him. Uh, I mean, it's a good kind of pressure to be playing on a one-year $14.5 million franchise tag. I don't think we're going to shed any tears for him. But at the same time, uh, he's looking to secure, you know, his even more generational wealth and long-term stability, whether or not that factored into this. Again, we don't want to speculate, but we're just kind of putting out there what could be, uh, you know, potential factors here. Uh, Corey, the last thing on Alshon, just kind of bigger picture. Do you think this affects uh, leverage he has or doesn't have with Ryan Pace and trying to gain a long-term deal? And inside that locker room, uh, as a captain, voted a captain by his peers before the season, uh, does Alshon have any credibility issues at this point? Or do you think, like you said, he's a good guy and uh, teammates will be able to look past this and, and rally around him? So I think his teammates will definitely rally behind him. He's, he's a great teammate, great guy. He's not mm-hmm. one of those guys that complains in the locker room. He's not a nuisance as, as far as that goes. So I don't think that'll be an issue at all. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think he, he was a leader, and I've seen him every year in the league, just his growth as a player. And he's one of the best deep threats in the game. He has one of the strongest hands, best hands in the game. You know, Brandon Marshall said that a couple of years ago. He's got one of the best hands. That's coming a lot coming from a guy like Brandon Marshall. And then as far as contract negotiations, I feel like the Bears, they know what they have in him. They've seen him. They know he's a number one receiver. They, they, they know what they have for him. So I would be surprised if they didn't offer him a big contract coming back. Because you look at next year, and who do they really have? Kevin White's coming off another injury. So we don't know what his future is going to hold. We, we really don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Eddie Royal, he's getting up there in age. Zach Miller. You know, he's, he's been a pretty decent threat, but he's had injury concerns over the past, you know, five, six years. You know, he's really 
healthy this year, but we really don't know. So I would be very surprised if they don't lock up Alshon Jeffrey, you know, when they can in that free agency period. Okay, interesting stuff. Um, so you've seen, and just to follow up on that, uh, you said they know what they have. He's a true number one, one of the, the most explosive players, downfield threats in the game. Uh, is he worthy of a Julio Jones slash Demarius Thomas slash Des Bryant uh, level contract? Because that is what we know he's looking for. I think he's a step step right below there. Yeah. You know, I think talent-wise, he's up there, but the thing that separates him from those guys, he doesn't have that long-range speed like some of those guys do. Right, and I can't justify paying somebody that much that is not a true burner, you know, like a Julio Jones, you know, that can that can beat you deep like that. So yeah. you look at the the league in general, and and usually guys that aren't extreme burners, you know, with the exception of a guy like Jerry Rice, you know, but his game speed was on a different level, regardless of what his forty was. So I think he'll be a step under those guys, but I think he is one of the elite receivers in the, in the game. I, I definitely think so. You know, I think it's been a tough situation with it quarterback-wise and, you know, stability from offensive coordinators that he's had over a couple of years. Right. So I think I think he's a guy that, that you know, can command big money, but I don't know if it's going to be exactly what he wants. Okay. We are in lockstep on that, so it is obviously going to be fascinating um, uh, to see how the negotiations play out or at least what the media is privy to to learn. Uh, a good segue, Corey. You mentioned the quarterback situation. You mentioned the offensive coordinator. I think we should go there next. Uh, obviously, neither of us saw the Jay Cutler implosion coming. We both expected big things from him and a Bears win, uh, him being a big reason for it. Uh, obviously, couldn't have went any further in the opposite direction of what we envisioned. Did you see the reports after the game? And, and, and again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the game. It was a disaster. Cutler didn't give the team a chance to win. Uh, but did you happen to see any of the reports? Uh, it was Mike Freeman from Bleacher Report saying he received multiple texts from anonymous players in that locker room. Uh, if you did see that, what's what's your reaction? My thing is, if you're going to text behind your teammates back yep. to a person in the media, go on record and say it. Absolutely. Go in front of the press and say it. That's that's cowardly, mm-hmm. right? That's cowardly to talk to a media person. It's not like you were talking to your family member, your wife, you know, your friend. You're talking to a media person. That you know he's going to report that. Whoever did that is a coward. You know that that's the problem with people. Man up and say what you got to say, right? To to on on the record, you, you can't hide behind. Oh, uh, you know nobody respects Cutler. Uh, please don't put my name out there. Say it's anonymous. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. That's that's BS. That's that's BS. You grown men, and if you got a problem with them, say it. Say it. Don't say it to a media member. You know, if you, you want to do that, man, that's that's childish right there. And Zach Miller and Akeem Hicks had the tough responsibility on Monday of coming out and meeting the media after the Alshon suspension, after uh, those anonymous quotes surfaced, and they both uh, threw their support behind Cutler. So uh, do you think, I mean, is there credence to what Freeman maybe had? I know you're a few years removed from being in that locker room, but had you heard any similar rumblings uh, either on or off the record, or do you think there is a fractured uh, situation here at this point? I think there's been a fractured situation on that team for a while. Yeah, just just the just the vibe when I was there, um, you got from the locker room that, that people really didn't buy in into Jay Cutler for, per se. I just think they didn't they didn't really 
as a leader, they didn't believe in him. You know, when you, when you look at quarterbacks, you think of, you know, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. These guys are getting people fired up mm-hmm. and rallying everybody, no matter whether they're throwing three picks, four picks, five picks. Philip Rivers, too. He's another guy that, you know, people, when you're on the team, you love him because he's one of those guys that gets fired up and he'll, he'll do anything to win. So I think there's there's been some issue in that locker room for a while with people trying to cover up stuff. And, you know, my thing is like this. If you have an issue, come out and say it. Talk about it in the media if, if that's what you want to do. But don't don't text a media member and just say stuff anonymously. That's, mm-hmm. that, that just bothers me. Uh, yeah. You know, it wasn't like you were talking to your wife or your friend. Right. Come on. Right. No, I get it, and uh, I appreciate your candor, and obviously your your strong opinion on this uh, is a really good addition. I think listeners are going to be interested in hearing this. Obviously, you've had plenty of interactions in that locker room with Jay Cutler and elsewhere. Uh, Corey, last thing on this, uh, because this Bears season has fallen off, has, has gotten off the rails the way it has, uh, you know, the rumblings have picked up. Should John Fox be in trouble uh, does there have to be some fall guy here? You know, maybe Dowell Loggins, maybe someone else. Um, do you think, I mean, I know there's a lot of football left to play and a lot's yet to be determined, but just your thoughts on uh, if it seems like a change is 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 necessary based off the way things are going um, or if it's still too early to say that. And I mentioned yesterday, you don't fire a coach and or a general manager before you give them a chance to, to go get a quarterback at the most you know important position in professional sports. John Fox and Ryan Pace, they've had a couple chances. Obviously, they haven't taken them yet. Uh, does that buy them more time to at least go out there and, and get their guy? That's what I'm hoping. I think if you if you fire John Fox this year, I, I just don't think it's the right right situation. I think you have to give him at least one more year. Mm-hmm. Because the, the problem with the NFL in general is – you look at what, what's happened with the Browns. They have a new coach, it seems like, every other year. And you think that's really going to change things? Right. It starts with the front office, the people evaluating the talent. That's, what, that's, what's, that's what's different from other teams. You see other teams, the way they evaluate talent, right? All those years when uh, Pace was in, in the Saints, when he was involved in you know picking some of these players and, and whatnot. So I think you need to, the, the, the Bears organization needs to step back and let those people do their job. You know, mm-hmm. let them let them evaluate these talent. Let them bring in this talent and let them develop it. Because, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Just like a Super Bowl contender is not built in a day. It takes time. You know, it's been rough. And I know that the Bears is, has one of the greatest fan bases, and they're frustrated. They want winners. That's what they want. But sometimes it takes time. You have to build yourself up. And you look for all those years with the Bengals, how they struggled. They were one of the worst teams in the league. And then they started making the playoffs every year. That, they're having a little tough year now, but yeah. you know they, they were patient with Marvin Lewis, and it's paid off for them because they make the playoffs every year. Now they need to take that next step and go, you know, win some games in the playoffs. But I think they need to be patient, and they've shown improvement defensively. You, you look at their pass rush and how that's coming along. You know, I, I really like what I see from young guys, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Goldman. Mm-hmm. So they just need to be patient and let this thing develop. But sometimes the fan base and everything, it doesn't, it doesn't give you any patience. Right. That's why they, they like to jump to conclusions and make decisions really quick. 
spending just a couple more minutes here with Corey Wooten. You guys know him well at this point. Of course, former Bears defensive lineman and a product of Northwestern. Also uh, an awesome contributor to this podcast and clearly getting pretty savvy with, uh, savvy with this media thing, Corey. These segues you're, you're busting out. Uh, you mentioned the Bengals, and I think that's probably a good chance for us to get to the Giants a little bit. Did you take in yep. any of the Monday night game? And uh, just generally before we get into it a little bit more in, in the last few minutes that we have, uh, just your opinion of that Giants victory over the Bengals. If you saw it, and if you didn't, that's okay. Uh, but because you mentioned them and because we want to do a little bit of looking ahead, uh, your thoughts on the next opponent with Eli Manning and company? The the main thing that stuck out to me was at the end of the game, the Giants' pass rush, how they started to come on. Yeah. Because they've really kind of struggled for what you thought it would be. They invested over $120 million on a defensive line. Olivier <laughs> Vernon got yep. $80 million. Yep. JPP, Damon Harrison. Haven't yep. really, yeah. Damon Harrison snacks. Yeah. Really haven't done as much as you would expect it. But right. I saw that pass rush come alive. And when the game mattered, they took over. So it's going to be interesting this week seeing Kyle Long out. You know, and kind of Bobby Massey, I think he had a concussion or was being treated for concussion like symptoms. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe we'll see what that right side of the line is looking like because that, that could be an issue in, in that game and I you know I think you know you always want to protect and coming off what happened last week what I thought Tampa remember how we talked about it I said Gerald McCoy is the only guy that's going to dominate him yep and then look four sacks you know pressures all this I'm just like man so I guess we'll see this week what what it'll be like the Bears offensive line protecting uh, and and sticking with that defense for a minute of New York's, um, what do you think about the guy, the, the ringleader and Steve Spagnuolo and, and the kind of the game plans he's been constructing? It seems like uh, he is not afraid to throw things at uh, at his opponents. You see, you've seen waves of aggression from that unit, and I have to think with Jay Cutler and, as you mentioned, the Bears' offensive line as vulnerable as it is, uh, certainly you know Dowell Loggins and the rest of the group, group have to be expecting more of the same Sunday, right? Definitely, Spagnuolo is known for bringing the heat for a four-three defense. He's one. He's one of the top guys to bring bring blitz help. Usually, those four-three guys are like, I like to let my pass rushers do most of the pressure, mix up a few blitzes here or there. But he's not scared. He'll bring the house. He'll send it. That's kind of been his gift and his curse. Because when it works, he's great. Back when the Giants had all the success, when they won the Super Bowl in '07, when he was a part of that. It was great. It worked out for him. He had a great front four. He had great linebackers. He used to blitz, too. But it's been also the curse of him because you send all those people, there's holes, there's people wide open, and right. it's right. kind of been the, the negative of that. So I think the, the Bears O-line, you know, really needs to watch this film study, you know, break down not even this season, last season, when he was back in 07 for some of these tricky blitzes that he brought because you know he's gonna he's gonna try to bring the house against a new right guard, possibly a new right tackle, yeah. and against a struggling Jay Cutler against Tampa Bay, who is statistically one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, you know, we know certainly what the loss of Kyle Long will mean for this group. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if you have an opinion on whether it would be Ted Larson or Eric Cush. Uh, it was Larson last week because he was up and Cush wasn't. But I think the first time. Uh, in Green Bay. I want to say it was Cush on the right side. I could be wrong about that. Um, but what about Bobby Massey? I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise. You, you never want to see guys get injured, of course. 
Um, but in your opinion, has Bobby Massey picked up his game any, or does he look like a replacement level player to you? And is there anything you've seen in Mike Adams or, or anyone else that, that may lead you to think that perhaps they can do better there with what they have to work with now? When you look at right tackles around the league, they're usually a good run blocker, okay to below average in pass protection. Mm-hmm. And I think Bobby Massey is solid. I don't think he's one of the best. But in this league, you see guys get paid that are okay at O-line because there's such a shortage of decent O-linemen. Yeah. You see that year in and year out. You saw a guy like Jeff Schwartz get paid pretty decent by the Giants and then not really play as much because there's such a shortage of O-linemen. So I think Bobby Massey is decent, but I think this year he's kind of struggled at times. And at times he's looked great. So he's kind of been up and down. Yeah. So Mike Adams, I think, is a solid player. I think he's a solid backup. I played against him when he was in Pittsburgh when he was playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was a solid player. The only thing I thought was he lacked strength. And I was able to power him, use, use my long arm for leverage. So I feel like his anchor and his strength wasn't as good. And I, I feel like he's had, I think, a back injury before. So that could yep. be you yep. know, some, something with that. Okay. Uh, and, Corey, I've already kept you too long, but just on the way out, let's talk defense quickly. Um, have you played Eli before? Your thoughts on Eli? Seems like he's always willing uh, to give the defense one or two extra opportunities each game. Uh, and then maybe just your your thoughts on Odell, on, on what they can do in that passing game when it's when it's clicking and uh, what problems that will pose, obviously, for Tracy Porter and, and Vic Fangio and the, and the rest of that gang. So the key to getting after Eli is that pressure. Because nowadays, as he's getting older, he's like, I do not want to get hit. He's playing like his brother did yeah. you know, in the past few years, Peyton. When anyone comes close, he's throwing the ball to the ground. I'm not taking sacks. I'm not doing this. I'm not abusing my body. That's basically what he's saying. I'm not extending plays. I'm not going to be like Tony Romo was and, and hurt myself here and there. And the offensive coordinator, you saw in the Minnesota game a few weeks ago where Eli, anyone was close to him, he just threw the ball to the ground. So I think if you fluster him, you get pressure in his face. He'll just throw the ball. You could tell he's scared. He obviously turns and cowers and throws the ball. So I think early, Big Fangio has to get that blitz package, get people in his face, hit him, fluster him, because it makes him scared. He's not a guy that's going to stand in there in the pocket and take these hits. Early on in his career, he did. But I think he's with his age, he's getting smarter. He's saying, I'm not going to take these hits. I'm not 25 years old anymore. Right. So you see him getting the ball out quicker. And then on to Odell. I think they need to double cover him in this game a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think, I think he's so the too. one guy that can game break you. Victor Cruz is still still coming along. He's definitely not what he was before. Yeah. He's shown, he's shown a little bit here and there, but he's definitely not the same Cruz that we were used to. And then Shepard is, is, a, is a talented receiver as well. But I, I don't think they're going to kill you. Odell is the guy that's going to make or break this game. I think if you could stop him, get after Eli, I think the Bears could be successful in this game. Corey, I'm going to ask you for a prediction here in a minute. I know it's early in the week. I don't even need a score, maybe just which way you're leaning. But uh, just one quick follow-up. Are the Bears at least equipped? Uh, do you feel like Tracy Porter is getting the credit he deserves for the type of season he's having? And um, uh, you'd have to think that although Fangio may not love doing it, Tracy Porter is probably going to follow Odell uh, whenever he's on the outside Sunday, wouldn't you think? Oh, definitely. He's the best cover guy. Yep. And I think people have overlooked 
how he's played this year just because the Bears haven't performed well as a yep. team. Defensively, they kind of were up and down. Some games they look great, other games, what the heck? So it's just consistency. But I feel like for the most part, he's been their most consistent player mm-hmm. throughout, the, throughout the defensive unit. And I definitely look for him to be a little bit more physical with Odell. That's, that's what I look for because he gets flustered if you're yep. physical with him. So mm-hmm. if, he can, if they can do that bump and run, get up on you, jam him, get in his head, have safety help, I really think you can fluster him because he's a, he's a head case. Yep. He's got every, everything's going well. He touches the ball. He's fine. But when he doesn't and you're physical with him, you talk some smack in his face, he gets, he gets like he was against Josh Norman. Hitting, kicking uh, field goal nets, hitting the back <laughs> of the face, crying yeah. on the sideline. That's how he is. Right. So I, right. If, if I'm Vic Fangio, I say, Porter, this your assignment. I want you to, I want you to line up right across from him, talk smack right in his face, jam him right in the chest every time he tries to get off the line. Mm-hmm. You know when he's slowing down, nudge him a little bit, get in his head. Yep. Because it's a yep. mind game. The defensive back and wide receiver, that's a mind game. They, Richard Sherman, all these guys that are successful, Josh Norman, they get in people's heads. And you saw what he did with Odell. So that's what I, I would like Tracy Porter to do, get in his head, fluster him, take him out of his game. Yeah, no doubt. It'll be fun to watch. And uh, like you said, uh, I- I'm sure Vic's going to tell Tracy, don't worry, I'm going to have help behind you. You go do your thing. It will be interesting, though, because I, I kind of feel like Porter is maybe a-, a little bit more of a finesse player than a physical player, no more for the ball skills than the real strong jam. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Corey, on the way out, and thank you again for being so generous with your time. I kept you longer than usual, but you were really uh, offering some some pretty strong and, and well-informed opinions, uh, especially early in the podcast uh can the bears go in and, and pull off an upset uh can anything that happened this week type kind of galvanize them after getting embarrassed on the road last weekend or, or is this going to be ugly again no i think it's going to be ugly the giants are gaining momentum <laughs> yeah the giants are gaining Four momentum right yeah yep. yeah they're they're a team that, that was kind of struggling early on but they're like this it seems like every year right they start out you're like ah they're not really and then they start winning games they start looking better Eli starts playing better. Their defense starts coming on. Yep. So I look for them. They're, they're going to have all this confidence coming off this game. But I think they're just going to build on that. And they're, they're going to make a case that why they should, you know, make a playoff run. So I just don't see after last week the Bears playing so terrible against a terrible team in Tampa and against a defense that was just – it was terrible. And two picks, four sacks. It was just a nightmare to watch, and going from Minnesota to that game, I couldn't believe it. So I look for I look for the Giants to to whoop up on them pretty good, and you know I don't, I don't think it'll be a pretty score. All right, guys, you heard it there. Uh, you heard it there first from Corey Wooten. Um, you may not sleep all that well again Sunday night. Uh, there may be better days in the on the horizon in the future, but probably not this weekend. So, uh, Corey, thank you again so much. Really awesome stuff today, and uh, it's always a great pleasure. We'll look forward to uh, recapping win or loss like we do every week. We'll talk about it again uh, same time, same place next week. Sounds good, my man. Make sure you get that smell in your house out. The skunk is, is taking over, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get back to that now. I do appreciate it. Uh, that is Corey Wooten uh, with another excellent uh, hit on the Locked On Bears podcast. Thanks again, Corey. All right, thanks a lot, man.